0: Yo Alright We back What's good people Today's episode is brought to you by CastBox CastBox is the best player and app you can use to find, download, and listen to your favorite radio shows, audiobooks, and podcasts It's also a super easy way to create your own content from the intuitive online dashboard or through the app itself So check it out on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and begin exploring the awesome world of ideas today. Alrighty then, let's get into it. So yesterday, we talked about growth, right? Building off some of the themes we hit last week, like awareness and transparency, and then we made our way toward the central tenet of love. So, that's what we're hitting today. Only, what's love got to do with it? Or maybe a better question, do we even know what love is? Not the kind you have for chocolate, but that pure shit. The kind that'll make you act dumb, (laughs) or at least look dumb. The kind that will make you suspend your better judgment. The kind that'll leave you forgiving the unforgivable. The kind that's unconditional. I think it was Plato who said, and I quote, love is a serious mental disease. (laughs) And he may have had a point. It's like a drug. Distorting reality and reframing your perspective. But I guess that's the point. It would be hard to fall in love with someone if you saw clearly. Because everyone you meet is broken. So in a way, love is like a story we tell ourselves. Each story is a little bit different. And they usually reflect the aggregate of our own life experiences and observations. Of course... There is a true love. It's a type that's unencumbered by present norms, but it definitely isn't the default. Unfortunately, the default for us humans is fear. Our natural inclinations are towards competition, not collaboration. Remember that love is really just a deeper form of understanding but in our increasingly complex world, we tend to only know what we know and reject what we don't. Almost as if it would take too long to try and understand everything and everyone, so we don't even bother trying. And it's not like when we look around, there's a dearth of great examples to pull from. So it almost seems pointless. In 2020, loving for real will probably get you hurt. Just the cost of doing business. Right? So what do we do? Just take the L. Shut it down. Detach. Refuse to care. Or. Perhaps a redefinition is in order. Because I think. If we knew what love was. Then maybe we could aim at it better. Linguists know that words change meaning over time. It's called semantic drift. Like the word nostalgia, which originally was a medical term used for soldiers in battle who were severely homesick. Now, it's commonly understood as a sense of longing that could be induced with something as simple as an Instagram filter. So it's not insane to think that the way we understand love may not be complete or that it may have been diluted over time through misuse or overuse or maybe in a world that will tell you that truth is relative the actual truth of love has lost its appeal it's effectively been jumbled up with a bunch of other ideas today right like lust or power or desire or passion all of these concepts could be easily substituted with love as it's currently understood today. I don't know, it just seems like the way we see love is no longer as an expression of what's real, but rather as a tool for manipulation. Personally, I feel like love is too powerful of an idea to let it go out of indifference or semantic drift. Because true love just the idea of it, is worth fighting for. To get at the root of what real love is, let's travel back a few thousand years to ancient Greece, a culture that built out the linguistic backbone for many of our English ideas today. The Greeks had three main words for love, eros, philos, and agape. Eros is like romantic love. The type most of us would associate with a physically intimate relationship. Philos, or phylos, I'm not really sure. That's brotherly love. It's the kind that you would have for a close friend or associate. Agape is the kind that I want to focus on today. Because agape is what the Greeks would consider a sort of infinite love combining the desire for intimacy and deep knowing of eros with the decency and respect of philos to create what we would understand to be a love that is unconditional. It is, by definition, not conditional upon the action or inaction of another being. Whereas both of the former types of love require some sense of reciprocity in order to work, Agape can be deployed even in the absence of mutual understanding. All you need is commitment, though not to any individual or thing, but to love itself. The Greeks were some smart folks, and they understood something fundamental about true love. Although there is indeed a feeling that accompanies it, in reality... Love is a verb. It's what you do. And if you do it for something, whether that thing is sex, security or companionship. You are practicing a type of love that is conditional. That being it is conditional on some sort of exchange. And that might seem like a crude way to put it, but it's true. Person A gives some love. Person B gives it right back. But what happens when person B starts tripping? Does person A stop loving? Think about it. Because the way everything is set up today, the answer would be yes. The second you stop liking somebody, you have to stop loving them. I don't know, though. That doesn't feel right to me. At the start of the episode, I shared a quote by Plato where he claimed that love is a serious mental disease. And I said that I understand where he's coming from. In a way, to open oneself up requires a level of vulnerability that can seem stupid today. I mean, (laughs) maybe even borderline crazy. But when you're committed to love, You don't care much about how you look, only in who you are, or more specifically, what you're becoming. Because mental health is a journey, remember? See, in the current paradigm, people often give for love. That is, they give to receive. In the new paradigm, we will give from love, a.k.a. We give in order to share the abundance that is already inside of us To practice unconditional love is to be love Once you're no longer dependent on the kindness of others to be kind yourself and It becomes a part of your character Then fear becomes useless and People are no longer seen as threats, but rather potential recipients For the love that you've cultivated inside you. Again, yesterday we talked about how we can evolve. And kind of came to the conclusion that it's only through active engagement. Right? Like intention is the way that you grow. But then after that, I asked you to create an image of your future. And to meditate on it. Today I want you to go back to that place. Wherever it is. And I want you to begin adding some faces to the scene. Maybe a family member. Or it could be someone you don't know. The homeless guy on the street. Your mind is a theater. Use it. Create a character, real or imagined, and visualize what it would look like for you to practice love in that context. Visualize what you look like loving and don't forget about self-love too what do those routines look like because you got to take care of yourself or else it's really hard to take care of other people old pastor of mine says you can't pour from an empty cup and so think about some habits that you can add to your current schedule remember agape or true love is action The feelings come afterwards. So, what actions are you willing to take to spread love? What I found with myself is that the more prepared I am to give, the more willing I become when an opportunity presents itself. It's pretty much basic. It's human nature, right? You do what you repeatedly practice. What's that quote? You are what you repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an action, but a habit. Something like that. Regardless, the point still stands. You have to do it. You gotta put in the work in order to reap the rewards. So don't leave love to chance. As you begin building out this new habit of meditation and creating a future that you can work toward, Remember to make room for doing what you were made to do. Because I feel like we were made to love. Everything else is a waste of time. Yeah, you're broken, but so is everyone else. Hurt people hurt people, but healed people heal people. And what better way to heal than by immersing yourself in truth? So, philos, or philos, is determined by proximity, whereas eros is determined by attraction. Agape is determined by a commitment to love. It no longer matters what they've done or what they failed to do, because now, We love. Regardless. Here's what it is. This episode of Hello, My Name Is was written, produced, and recorded by me, Tasso Muhammad If you'd like to get in touch, have any questions, blah, 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 hit me up on Twitter, at Tasso with three underscores. If you'd email and type, also, 11793 at Outlook.com. Leave a review, download the episode, blah, 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 blah. Buy my book, blah, blah, blah. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Stay dangerous. We'll talk again tomorrow. Much love.